Are you considering mechanical engineering as your course? Stay tuned to find out what your senior has to say. Hey, 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 if you're new here, firstly, welcome and I'm glad you chanced upon this podcast. <laughs> and I hope that um, it will be entertaining and insightful at the same time. Um, I'm your host, Galvin, and today we are here from a mechanical engineering graduate who's actually working something somewhat unrelated, is it, to what he's doing. Yeah, so, quite unrelated. Yeah, so let's welcome Yong Chen. Yay! Yes, hi everyone, nice to meet you all. Yeah, hope to share something insightful to you all every today. I mean, like, yeah, we can't really see the audience, lah. But yeah, what was going on upstairs? <laughs> it's okay, know. yeah. So why don't um give an introduction of what you are doing and yeah. Oh wait, someone is hitting the dog. Something upstairs. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So why not you give yourself an introduction? All right, guys. So my name is Yong Chen. I'm a mechanical engineering major. I graduated. I just graduated with a um, honors in Bachelor of Engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also a second major in Innovation and Design, yes. and I have a specialization in robotics. So we will talk about um, so Innovation and Design. There'll be IDP, right? Yeah, the IDP program. Yeah. So we will talk about it later. Yeah. So um, he just graduated uh, online, right? The graduation <laughs> yeah. was online, right? It's quite sad. The virtual ceremony was online and some pe- most people do not put their photos up. So pretty late. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So so when they showed a slide, it was on the slide, right? Yeah. So it was everyone's name flashing over. So uh-huh. those people who submitted their photo get to see their photo beside the name. But those who did not, they just see their name. Really? So it was a very lame oh ceremony. Oh my goodness. That was, that's so, bad. so you have a specific timing for each course, is it? Ah uh, yeah, so they actually fixed the timing. So different mm. for different majors, they their ceremony starts at different timing. So it's staggered throughout the entire week. Oh mm. okay okay, and it was on YouTube live. <laughs> yes, it was on it was YouTube on live, YouTube. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw a lot of people um pause and then take picture with yeah <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, take picture with with their, their picture. Names. Yeah, with their <laughs> pictures. Yes, exactly. But then you have to rent the gown, right? You rented the yes, I rented gown. the gown, but unfortunately, not able to take it together in school with friends and all. But mm. I just meet friends outside, you know, and then just take with them at different places like NUS mm. or even the Marina Bay. Yeah, it's a pretty oh, nice backdrop to- there. Oh. You, you guys should definitely consider going there too to take yeah. your graduation so, so photos. Do you have a, like a photographer? You all rented a photographer or no? I am the photographer. <laughs> <laughs> you iPhone 11, uh, iPhone 12. Uh. iPhone 11. 11, right? 11 is not too bad, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is not too bad. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts of on graduating during this pandemic, you know, before going into Mac Just Ah, okay. So um, there's good and bad. Uh-huh. So graduating in this pandemic, definitely many people have problem finding job mm-hmm, with this yeah. mechanical engineering degree. It's definitely not easy at all. Also, you know, in view of how Singapore is transforming into more of a digital landscape, yeah. so many of the jobs that we find outside, internships or whether it be full-time, most of them are software nowadays. Mm. So for mechanical engineer, definitely there are still jobs for us out there, but um, our pay do not cannot actually compare with a software engineering role. So definitely, definitely. yeah, as a mechanical engineer myself, even I went for a software job. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, is the twist. The plot twist is that he was from Mac Eng. He graduated with Mac Eng with 
Um, double, double degree is it double degree like IDP oh no I have a second major oh that's it's not a double degree oh okay yeah. so it's a second major Um, IDP and then um, but then he chose the software engineering route yeah and just one thing so the thing about this IDP as a second major right mm. we only need to clear 160 credits so we mm. don't need to do anything extra mm. on top of our major so okay, that's yes. a good part about it and it then is, is. you get recognized for some innovation and design skills, so yes. it looks like they have more than just Mac Ange, right? Yeah, they so, can apply for more jobs. So just a side, just a um FYI that what he meant was um what he meant of on the one hundred sixty credits credits right is um basically a normal graduate with a bachelor's of honors right bachelor's with honors of honors, but yeah bachelor's with honors right it's also hundred sixty degree uh, hundred sixty um MCs right uh, credits right. So what he meant was he doesn't have to take more to fulfill a double major criteria. What's the double major criteria? Um, double major. So as in second major, sorry, not eh, second major. Right? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. So for the second major, we actually need to clear an additional forty-eight credits in total. That mm. is related to for that major. Okay, but but it really depends on what course you join, like Because some course you can take it as your unrestricted electives, right? Ah, yes, yes. So it really depends on what your course is. I mean, life sciences, you have 48 actually. I think 48 unrestricted electives. So if you take all of your unrestricted electives for a particular course, you can use it as a second major, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But it yeah. really depends. I think engineering don't really have a lot of unrestricted electives. Correct. Is that correct to say? Actually, there is a lot of unrestricted electives. You see, engineering in the faculty, there are so many different types of engineering, right? Oh, no. So as in what I meant was like... um. How many credits you can take as an unres- that you have to oh, take? Not uh, yeah. For us, it's thirty-two lah. Yeah, see, so basically, you have to take sixteen extra out of the um. If if you are going for a second major lah, ah, that I is see. not IDP, mm-hmm. right? You get what I mean? So mm. IDP per se is like you just need to take thirty-two MCs credits per se, right? I mean, if you yeah, want yeah. just fulfill um the hundred sixty credits, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, um, before we go into IDP. Why not you give us a brief idea of what Mac Ange is about, like to the general public? How would you, say, how would you tell the general public what Mac Ange is? Mac Ange, mechanical ah, engineering. Yeah. All right. Okay. So in mechanical engineering, you know, we learn things like um, we take modules such as the strength of materials, fluid mechanics, okay. um, principle like of mechanical engineering materials. Mm-hmm. So we really learn about how things work per se so machines yeah and then we a lot of time we have to do calculation Mm -hmm. so for example to support a building right so what are the forces acting inside the building and we actually need to go and calculate the forces acting on all joints you know all bodies so for example silver edge uh yeah it's quite related for this particular course okay and i believe this module may be able to um, overlap with the silver edge major too lah so mm. at fluid mechanics um so essentially what you can imagine yourself doing right after you graduate is like fixing fans fixing aircon fixing the really? toilet bowl yeah that's what me- many people think what mechanical engineers so do so what do you, what what is something that a mac Ange student can do that mm. the general public don't really know ah okay so i would say that the most important skill that a mac engineer would learn is mm. to learn how to do cadding and What's cadding cad is computer-aided design. Okay. So, in Mac Edge, we'll learn this software called the SOLIDWORKS. Mm-hmm. In SOLIDWORKS, we'll learn how to do 3D modeling mm-hmm. and also 
put the model into a 2D drawing. Mm. So it's kind of like it can transform into a floor plan of 3D objects mm -hmm. so that when other engineers look at your drawing, right, then they are able to repl replicate the same thing as mm. what um, you have drawn out like, in 3D also. So MacEng is, from, from what I know, MacEng, uh, because my dad is a mechanical engineering, mm. uh, engineer, so what he, what he did, he, he retired already, like, so what he did, he was um, doing some like uh he was helping with helping with the repairing and I, I think more of repairing and service like of the machines like for example vernier caliper mm. or uh vernier caliper like you see in, but it's a very precise vernier caliper not like you see in the lab like your jc lab or those vernier caliper yeah. not really those type but uh, electronic vernier caliper right mm -hmm. or I, I like basically those small machines that microscope kind of thing you know uh, yes so yes. that's what he was doing as a mechanical engineer so that is what my perspective of mac Ench is so is that correct yeah that is very true too in fact there is this core module called the mechanics of machine mm. so we literally learn what are the forces acting inside a machine? Mm -hmm. So from its base structure and its connecting joint, so how does the forces relate from point A to point C, for example? Like mm -hmm. in the machine, there can be its body, and then the machine can have two other joints, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the joint, there is an effector. The end mm -hmm. effector is the thing that uh, does the task. For example, carrying objects from one position to another. Okay. Um, like in the factory line, right? Mm. You imagine the a mechanical arm... Um, putting the cap on a plastic bottle. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, we actually learn how the forces calculate in this kind of machines, mm. how it relates from point into another. But, what? <laughs> but I believe at the end of the day, we don't actually exactly need to go and calculate the forces. In the end, what everyone does is just look at the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, literally. Yeah. Everyone refers to the mechanical engineering book with all the values already inside and uh -huh. then they'll tell you uh, the final answer. <laughs> That's why many okay. exams are actually open book so mm. that you can refer to the materials and then you answer the question. Mm -hmm. yeah, most of the time, we do not need to memorize things. So, well, except for mm. some modules such as the thermodynamics. Oh, okay. <laughs> huh. So I was wondering, right? In that case, why is MacEng a important job in a sense? As in, it is an important job. I'm just wondering in, in, the, like, in this day, day and age, right? Because machines are like kind of like taking over per se, you know, like slowly developing towards the machine, machine built economy, right? So why is how is MacEng important in this economy? Ah, uh, okay. So even though now we see that machines are taking over the world, sort of, mm -hmm. and they are increasing more of these devices around. Mm. And how mechanical engineers degree can play a big part in this mm -hmm. is actually we can be the sort of a maintenance engineer of all these machines. Okay, yeah. So we, in an engineering project, there'll definitely still be mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, and software engineers, right? Mm. So the mechanical engineer is like the backbone of the project because we need to create the machine itself. Mm -hmm. We need to create something so that the electrical people can come in and build the um, very basic software, the hard, mm -hmm. um, you know, like microprocessors, yeah. deriving and everything. And then the software people then come in to do the mm -hmm. higher level programming of yeah. the project, whereby they can help the machine know how to do certain tasks. So that is the on the higher level side. Mm. So whatever project it be, 
it cannot work without a mechanical engineer. So does a mechanical engineer build the robot or the electrical engineer builds the robot? Usually it is the mechanical engineer because we are are fluent with manufacturing, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the skills that we'll learn through MacEng as well. So usually we'll be the one handling things like Profile bar, 3D printing, laser cutting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are some of the things that we'll be doing in fabricating a product before other engineering disciplines actually come in to further optimize work it. on the project. Yes, to exactly. optimize it, right? To improve yeah. on it, like, yeah. I would say. So that it will become a full product. Mm. So you specialized in robotics. Ah, yes. Right? Yes. So how. I mean, like, you, you didn't really go into robotics because uh, your job currently doesn't require the specialization of robotics? Is it correct to say? No, no. no. In fact, I believe that my specialization in robotics helped me to... But not the um, degree. Not Mac Eng. Because you, you are doing ah, uh, software okay. engineering per se. Ah, right? Yeah, that's very true. Because yeah. right now, I just found a... Actually, it's more of a research engineer role. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be more involved in the software part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, how... You don't have to talk about what your job scope is. Because... Uh, some people may not be comfortable talking it or like it's part of the contract to not disclose any information, right? Yeah, that yeah, is So quite I'm true. just wondering, um, how did MacEng graduate with a robotics specialization go into software engineering? Because <laughs> software engineering is ra- most of the time related to comp science. Would you say that? Computer science, right? Um. Okay. The more minor version of that would be computer engineering. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The comp science is really intensive. You are just doing programming all day. You, you know, yeah. you just type codes and you don't work with hardware usually. So and what? Um, how did you become a software engineer? Okay, perhaps I will share a bit about my story since yeah. I first joined the mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. You know? So in the first place, I already know that I want to work on robotics when I joined in year one. I, was, I remember when I was at the faculty booth at the open during the open house, I went to ask professors like whether there, were, there is a robotic specialization. And coincidentally, they say, oh, when I am year three, the robotic specialization will we'll actually, start. yes, begin. Oh, okay. And yes, it did happen. Um, yeah, luckily. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, I actually applied for this and managed to get into this specialization. And so I managed to do all this, all, many of these robotics modules, which I feel was something I like to do. La. And mm-hmm. yeah, sure enough, um, as a Mac Edge, it may be, Quite embarrassing, quite embarrassing to say, but all my core modules were my worst modules. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Actually, yeah. that's quite common, huh? Like, Is I, it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I have friends who um, do, uh, like, do they don't really do well in their core modules, but they do well in their UEs, <laughs> unrestricted electives. electives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's quite yeah. funny how it happens. But, and then even, okay, but the only modules that I did well in engineering were my robotics modules, I would say. Yeah, those I actually scored you know, at least B plus, but on average I got like A minus, and I was very I'm very proud to say that my final year project, which is related to robotics, I got an mm-hmm. A in that lah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now back to how I you know transit into this software role. Yeah. Okay, so when I was in uh after at the end of my year two, I had to do a summer internship, that is part of the IDP program requirement. So there yeah. I actually did. Um, data crawling work, data processing, data munging. So that one is more like computer science. And I was quite glad I actually got that opportunity to learn uh, more programming. Um, so, I'm uh, sorry. Um, so you were saying data munching? Yes. What? what you said three, uh, okay. right? Data so, 
data crawling, then data wrangling, wrangling or munging is more or less mean the same thing. Means okay. to process the data into another form mm-hmm. that can be made, uh, that can be made use of to do other things. You know, wow, I, yeah. I, I I guess in this day, right, there's a lot of data. Uh, roles like data. I mean, like at th- at this point in time when I'm recording, I'm not. Re- I haven't released it yet. But um, I asked about computer science. Then they talk about data as well. Then how to form data, how to store data, how to maintain the data, how to maintain tables. Then um, data science as well. I already mm-hmm. um also recorded data science. Oh, sorry, my phone or your phone? Sorry. Oh, okay. That's no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yes, there's a lot of data that needs to be processed and maintained like, and stored in table. So how is is yours the same or different? Yeah, in fact, I believe it's very similar to what Gavin has said. Mm. So I actually had to collect data from scratch and then mm-hmm. I process them. So for me, um, I work on more of like calling LinkedIn so profile calling? data, you know. Or calling means creating a a automated program to take data from websites oh, okay. and then okay. collect them, put them in some form of document, for example, yeah. text, Excel, Word yeah, document. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's something like uh, you create a data, uh, you create a, a code, right? That maybe you type in the person's name, then it goes to the internet to search its birthday kind of thing. Yeah, you can say that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So that, that's just a simplis- simplified version of it. Uh. Yeah, you yeah. can say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, so that's data crawling. <laughs> because the significance of that at the end of the day is to actually conduct data science tasks, which is what you may have heard of this term called machine learning. Nowadays, yes. it's increasingly popular. Yes. And so we, yeah, many we cover people, in the other episodes. Yeah, uh, yeah. People go into artificial intelligence, you know. That's why mm. they um, there are many jobs coming in this field. In this industry, yeah. it's really blooming. So it's very big, and I think that is something I would like to go into as well. Machine like, learning, yeah. Uh, well, every, everyone I talk to uh, is planning, might like somehow wants to go into machine learning. I guess I'm not that much of a geek myself, because <laughs> 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 everyone wants to go there too. The most important aspect of machine learning would be having a lot of data. Correct, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, you have a lot that of data is the very so basis to the conduct machi- machine learning. Yeah, yes. so for the machine to learn. Yeah, so yeah. it's called machine learning, I guess. Yeah. But yes, coming back to the story, right? So you you said that you were interested you you were interested in robotics and then mm-hmm. you joined MacEng. Then in year three, they opened up the robotics specialization, mm-hmm. right? So how yeah. did you go into sp- software engineering? You ah. took up the modules, other modules, right? For as, a, as your UE and you did pretty well. You mentioned that? Yeah. Ah, yes, but the UEs wasn't quite related to my interest in software. Oh, but so, it was robotics. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, more of like, um, when I was in, at the end of my, uh, no, through the mid- throughout the middle of my year three, I also mm-hmm. did an internship. Uh, is it okay to say where I did the internship? Uh, I mean, it depends okay, on you. Right. La. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I actually did an internship with the A-star. Okay. And at first... I was I was going there with with an idea, thinking that oh I want to do something related to AI, so mm-hmm. machine learning. I yeah. already had that idea in mind, so I actually approached uh, A Star. I saw this job posting, yeah, and it's for FYP, oh, and yeah. it's particularly for machine learning. So, so FYP despite is in year four, right? Final yeah, year project, yeah. but you were in year three. Yeah. So year so three, Sam two holiday. Year three after the end of Sam one, so during oh, that so short one month so break, the one right? month break. Yeah, the I actually, break. Yeah. yeah, I already started applying for you know. Uh, opportunity to do FYP because you see mm, yeah. if you actually do FYP with a company outside right mm. that is also similar to doing an internship or having work experience outside and yet so you, you get know, paid yes, <laughs> yes uh, if you register under the correct 
category, you know? Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah, I would say this is also a good strategy to be involved in more work experience as an engineer. Exactly. To put yourself at the top of the crop. You correct, know, correct. To be the cream of the crop when you graduate. Yeah, because you have more work experience as compared to others, right? Mm. To be honest, uh, many Mac Eng fans I know wouldn't really care about, you know, doing internships. Ah, okay. <laughs> they'll be satisfied with just one internship and then mm. they'll graduate. They'll come out and yes, they'll still be able to find a job. Yeah, but yeah. it's really up to you if you want to push yourself, you know, to learn exactly. more, to learn more skills that are not related to your major mm. so that maybe you can to gain broaden your perspective. Yeah, la, yeah you know? relative to others when you I graduate. This, this day and age, right? Data is so important in a sense. Okay, not let's not talk about like computer science data or whatever data. Mm-hmm. So just information per se. Mm-hmm. In- information is very readily available. Not readily available, but it is out there, which makes people... Um, so like before you get into uni, right? Like for example, this podcast, then you have you get some information about um, before going to uni, then therefore people can make a more informed decision. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess that's what you're trying to say. Like, like, you know, going for internships that are not within your field or roughly not like it's still part of your field but maybe uh somewhat not related a little bit not related right yeah also um why i would encourage this is because when we actually do internship right mm-hmm. we actually know that oh is this the kind of work i want to do in the future yeah like yeah. once you have a taste of it right you know oh next time maybe i don't really want to do this kind of boring yeah so it really helps you in deciding what career pathway yes. you want to start More with or decision. go into yes exactly yes correct correct yeah but so, at the same time Sometimes too much information is. If some people might feel very hard to make a decision, you know. Sometimes mm. like you go to McDonald's and it's like, hmm, it's too much, too many choices. Which one should I choose? Yes, I so guess this is a dilemma, you know, in today's world. Yeah. So when you have experienced it, right, you'll mm. know that ah, you don't like it. Definitely so at least want, yeah. you have one option down because correct, this is something correct. you'll not want to do. You just eliminate it. Yeah. So you can look at other things yeah, that yeah. you can do. I I, uh, I agree. I agree. It is a. You you uh, you want to spend like maybe six months trying to find out what like six months in the internship like trying to find out if you really like it or not. If you like it, then it's good, right? Because you really have the internship um connection per se, so you can just actually just go into they just let the your supervisor know that you yeah. w- want to join. Yeah, that's what you did. Yes, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what you yeah. did, right? Yeah, so it makes things much easier for exactly. you to join at the company. Yes, mm. because they already kind of like taught you what you have to what you need to know mm-hmm. in that job scope so why would they hire someone else when they have and they have to teach that new person the same mm-hmm. thing that they taught you yes that's right and why not they just hire you because you already know yeah they that's very you. true exactly yeah. right they invested in you per se you know mm-hmm. invested in you in time and effort like previously why you want to throw that effort away yeah that's what many companies like to do out there so I mean, if you have a idea in mind, like there is a one really good company that you really want to go and join, and it'll be good if you can get an internship opportunity with them, yeah. so that and you can convert. easily convert there. Yes, exactly, especially exactly. at a big company. But um, you know, not to stress you guys out too much. To find you can start. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can start small. You join a uh, small company doesn't matter. Startup. Yeah. Even in startup, right, you can learn many useful skills. You learn yeah, how to yeah, do yeah. all kinds of tasks. I mean, it really depends on the kind of person. Like whether you just want to do like you know a factory line and you just want mm. to be the person putting the cap on the bottle mm. or <laughs> you want to know how to do the entire factory yeah, line yeah. right yeah so so i think what he's trying to say is that if you work if you intern at a big company usually just learn about how to put the cap on the bottle yeah right but if you, when you start <laughs> in a when you um, intern at a startup startup right then you can learn the overall process because it is a startup, right? It yeah. is new and a lot of things are not 
set in stone yet. Set in stone yet, yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. you can learn the whole process. But I mean, it really depends on you. Like, it's like you want to learn the broader picture, which is in like a kind of like in a startup, mm-hmm. but or you want to learn a very specialized um, job or mm-hmm. technique, then that will be most likely in a more. It's a in a bigger firm, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's just a general idea. Like some some big firms do teach you the big ideas and all. Mm-hmm. But it really depends on what your mm-hmm. internship is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sorry. Coming back to the question, we were talking about IDP. Yeah. We actually haven't given the audience or the listeners a perspective of what IDP is. So what do you learn in IDP? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so IDP uh, is innovation innovation and design. Yes, it's the innovation and design program, program. that yeah. Only the, in the edge, is it? Oh, oh no, no, it's for faculty of engineering. Oh, okay. So anyone in engineering can actually join. In fact, I do know business students joining the IDP oh. as well. So it's quite a interesting way. Mm. I wonder how did they get into IDP, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes, what's IDP about? Mm-hmm. So in IDP, we learn this thing called design thinking. So many of the courses, is all eventually it's all centered around design thinking. Basically, we need to learn to have divergent thinking and then convergent thinking. We actually begin at the ideation stage and then we brainstorm, we come up with all sorts of ideas that Mm -hmm. is called divergent thinking. And then when we have... So convergent thinking was to come up with ideas. Convergent thinking is actually after you collate all of these ideas and then you zoom in onto certain good ideas. Yes. And then maybe other ideas can add on to this idea. So eventually you form a very nice one. Mm. So once you come up with this final idea, you can prototype. And after Mm -hmm. prototyping, it works like a cycle. After you finish prototyping, you find out like, oh, there are certain things that's not working well in this product right here. Okay. So what you need to do is you can re-ideate and then prototype again. So okay. it is an endless cycle until you can reach so a product as close to perfect as possible. What was divergent thinking? Uh, divergent thinking, basically throwing many ideas out on the table oh, to okay. solve one problem. So you start with divergent thinking first. Yeah. Then you have a lot of ideas, then you... Convergent convergent thinking yes. exactly meaning compiling all of this idea finding Do all the good prototype. things of each idea and then put them together to form one good idea okay yes mm-hmm. so if I'm mistaken you joined the medical grant challenge right ah yes, yes. yes so, the so medical that was challenge. part of IDP was it part of IDP um it wasn't part of IDP but maybe I can say that my IDP skills came into came, came play. in handy <laughs> yeah I guess uh, okay so his medical grant challenge was about um, if I'm mistaken so his idea was to create artificial oh not artificial but hand spin uh, yeah so a way to help someone to write right ah okay so a brief intro would be essentially I was involved in designing a novel hand spin to help spinal cord injury patients, arthritis, stroke patients who have issues controlling their motor movement in their hand, right? So mm-hmm. when they wear this hand spin... Hand or finger? Mm, um, the hand. So these people can have issues with their fingers as well. And mm-hmm. when they wear this hand spin, the hand spin actually help them to position their fingers. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they can attach things like spoons, chopsticks, mm. pens, stylus on the hand spleen mm. so that they can easier integrate back into daily lives so that they can mm. do tasks like brush their teeth, yeah. eat food, um, you know. So I guess uh, it's like a right. fake finger but with uh, something attached to it, something like that, right? No, not a fake finger. More like a assistive device. It's so not prosthetics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's not exoskeleton as well. It's it's assist the hand to do tasks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a medical grand challenge and they won number two, number one. Number one, right? Grand prize. <laughs> yeah, number one, right? I think it was... 
Okay, let's not talk about the price. <laughs> too, but yeah, I remember he, he, I think it was two years ago. Two years ago? 2019, yes. Yeah, two, two years, years ago, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, coming back to the IDP, right? Do you regret joining IDP? Mm. <laughs> okay, so the thing about the IDP, right? Yeah. When I received my degree certificate, uh. I, on top of the Bachelor of Engineering yeah. and the Honours, I actually expected it to show the, you know, IDP. second major in oh, IDP. It didn't? But it did not show up. Gosh. Wait, on the cert or on? On the certificate. At all. And then I thought it was such a scam doing this second major, but not getting recognized yeah, for so? it. Um, maybe it might turn out as a different certificate. Transcript, right? But right now, yeah, transcript Definitely it will show. Have, right? But the certificate of the bachelor, it doesn't show. Oh, so that's so I sad. got thinking, hey, so why did we even do this, yeah. right? The, this professor, this doctor... <laughs> this <laughs> professor is being such a scam telling yeah. us to encouraging us to join this course but it didn't it doesn't show anything but okay back to whether it's worth it right yeah <laughs> in fact if you don't really have much other you uh, not say interest not say other interests mm. you know like taking courses from other faculties uh, of school IDP, of computing yeah. um, faculty of arts mm-hmm. and social sciences if you are wondering like what other modules you can take as UE mm-hmm. then I would recommend the innovation and design program, to be mm. honest, because it really helps you to brush up your engineering skills. You get to do a lot of hands-on in projects. It's really a yeah. lot of projects for you to do in IDP. And people work together. You get to work on not just things for your own discipline. Mm. You get to be um, involved in cross-discipline work. For example, I was, the, yes. the I mean, Mac Eng, challenge. But right? yeah, uh, that one is my Mac Eng still because oh, okay. I do product designing. On the but it works. was for healthcare as well. They were uh, medical students, right? Ah, uh, there are there were six, of, six of us. Yeah. So three medicine students, one law student, two engineering students. Yeah. And I was the designer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that is uh, cross disciplinary per se. Or, or what were you talking about, like in terms of cross disciplinary? Ah, uh, okay. In fact, it's more like in a uh, typical engineering project. Mm. It's more of expected to compose of mechanical, electrical, and software engineering students. So only mm-hmm. with these three disciplines, right, we can fully form a product, la, whether it be in any industry. So not so much like uh, chemical engineering or like even biomedical engineering. Mm-hmm. These are more specific to the industry. But in general, the skills that we work with is mechanical, electrical, and software. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is what I talk about. Cross-disciplinary in this Within these three yes. engineering... So in terms of the function, the work that we can do, these three, I believe, um, quite clearly identify the functions in engineering la, instead of like industries like biomedical, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what is one advice right, you would give, let's say someone who wants to join IDP, do you have any advice for them? Like For example, someone come, a freshman comes up, comes up to you and asks, uh, should I join IDP? What, what would you say? Well, <laughs> to be very fair, to me, it turned out to be quite a useful experience, like I would say, as I learned a lot of experience involved in many projects. And that is where I gained most of my practical engineering skills, you know, instead of just studying the mainstream mechanical engineering, where <laughs> I literally just learn modules that have 70% final exam, and then two mm-hmm. labs that compose up to 20%, and then maybe tutorials mm. that is uh, worth 10%. Yeah. So... In those theory modules, you don't really get to apply it and then these things don't quite stick inside your brain, you yeah, know? Exactly. So only when you go hands-on in engineering, you can learn things much faster. And I would 
say that IDP gives you a very good opportunity to be involved in project work and this is where you can really flourish, do um, things from different disciplines as well. Yeah. Mm. It's more hands-on. Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. Um, how would you study such a module? <laughs> because... Uh, you um, mean how to study robotics? Uh? As in, like your course in general, right? Oh. For your mechanical engineering <laughs> okay. modules. Because I do realize that different courses have different ways of studying. Because, for example, in life sciences, we don't really have passive papers. Like ah. the, the, the professors don't release passive papers. Mm. But when I, inter- when I ask my friends from um, civil engineering, the, the, I think episode four, they mentioned that their professors do give do release um, passive papers for them, but just that there is no answer key mm-hmm. to, the, mm-hmm. to that. Then for uh, environmental engineering as well, there is there are passive papers released by professors. So what about MacEng? Okay, okay, yeah. So I believe in throughout the entire faculty of engineering, um, usually the professors do release passive papers, lah. Mm-hmm. Except for some few, you know, special case modules, mm-hmm. but usually. It tends to be very mechanical in that sense, you know. For example, when there's, there are partial papers, you just need to practice the partial paper and then you should be able to do the final exam. So, oh, because most okay. of the time, uh, maybe not most of the time, but more or less, professors yeah, yeah. like to set questions that are um, that works more or less in the same way as your past year's questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially in easier paper, you can definitely find questions that have that is more or less the working is the same, like, just the numbers different in the past year papers. Yeah, that's for the easier paper. But then for more difficult papers, um, I believe it really still comes from a strong conceptual foundation. Yeah, meaning yeah. throughout the entire semester, right? You study like how you may have done in for A level in mm-hmm, JC. Mm-hmm. So it's like every day you do the tutorials every week. You know, yeah. you follow through. You ask questions to the professor. Yeah. So when these things really help you to clarify the concepts, right? Then I believe that is very helpful, uh, to actually mm. help you. Um, solve questions easily but of course it is quite taxing but on the other hand you know I'm actually not a very good example of a <laughs> mechanical engineering student yeah. what Why? I do is <laughs> I just last minute the papers la. oh, <laughs> meaning okay, okay. you know I spend one week studying one entire module yeah. <laughs> so but okay so <laughs> the most important thing I would say you can start kind of like study the way you study in your A-levels is it yeah. to say that? I would say that is the good way. Good that start, is the la. best way to study. La. Okay. Like you truly know your sh- shit. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, okay, just a side note. La. If you didn't listen to episode two, I think. Episode two is how I studied for life science. And if you listen to it and you will realize it's quite different. Mm-hmm. Because in life science, right, um, especially level three, level four, thousand modules, um, we don't really have, okay, number one, we don't have passive papers. La. And ours is a lot of theory-based, right? So, and a lot of things are ongoing research. I guess it's bec- because it is a, life science is a research course. And therefore, the way I studied for my modules, right, is not through practice questions because we don't have questions to practice. And you can't Google questions about cancer. That There is no questions about that in like related to what I studied. La. So, what how I did it was like, um, I was, I, I usually read, the research paper that the professor cites. What? <laughs> like so on the slide, right? He 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 will go through the results. Or mm-hmm. for example, protein A um is involved in cell death, right? And mm-hmm. then he will show the result. He, they 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 use different um techniques to show that protein A is involved in cell death, right? Then they will cite the paper. What you know in engineering, uh, when the professor yeah. cite this book, that book, nobody cares about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So 
So, but the thing is, I guess it's because it is an ongoing research, right? All these things you shouldn't memorize because maybe the next day, right? When you read that, that paper, the next day, some other paper can come out and contradict it. And then you'll be like wondering, which, so which one should I follow? So I guess you should take it with a pinch of salt, lah, but get the concept of how to read the results per se. You know, in, so that is how life science, I mean, I study for life science lah, and I guess it's pretty different from Mac Eng. Yeah. yeah. Do the professors cite papers? Yeah. Or they cite they, textbooks? They cite textbooks lah, mainly. Oh, textbooks. But, so I guess textbooks <laughs> is already fixed lah, per se. Like, yeah, you know, it's definitely fixed. So yeah. like how engineers just refer to textbooks, refer to the notes, and then the workings are more or less the same. So mm. in every question, you just need to apply the same working. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter whether you know or not know how to do the question. Just mm. apply that working, mm. and you'll get method marks at least. Okay, <laughs> just just write something down. Like yeah, <laughs> that's a very important um, advice. But usually people don't uh, follow the advice. Right, just write something and you get marks. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they are too afraid to start, lah. I guess. Yeah. Mm, very true. So we, so we talked about how your journey in mechanical engineering in robotics, right? And what mechanical engineering engineering mm-hmm. is about, how robotics specialization is. Yeah. And so like, coming back to software engineering, which is what you are doing right now, how did MacEng play a role in software engineering or it totally did not play a role at all? In fact, I would say it totally did not play a role for me <laughs> like in my case. I was, so yes, why? Okay, you know, so I was just involved in this internship with uh, A-Star. Mm-hmm. And then here at first, I was more involved in learning electrical stuff, like learning how to program Arduino, uh, microprocessors using mm-hmm. uh, I2C protocol, SPI. So some of you may have heard of this. So that is when my supervisor actually proposed to me this very interesting project because mm. at that time, I already expressed my interest in the machine learning and AI, right? So it's more of like jumping off the bandwagon, you know, because everyone is so interested in AI machine learning. So yeah, yeah. somehow I also picked up on this and I think I liked it. So I went on to this mm-hmm. and he proposed to me this project. How about we do the um, obstacle avoidance using machine learning, right? Okay. So at that point in time, it was still quite weak. So, okay, maybe sounds interesting. At least mm. I get to apply, you know, the concept of machine learning AI yeah. somewhere. So I, I so believe that is what started everything. What? Uh, so, obstacle avoidance by robots, mobile robots. Okay, yes. So, these robots have wheels and then they move around the area. And then these robots, when they see obstacles, they are supposed to go around this obstacle, you know, not mm-hmm. just ram straight into them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Sounds now, like a yes, the Tesla uh, kind of car, <laughs> you know, like avoiding... Well, they already the have obstacle. this kind of technology out mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. So, anyway, um, whatever they have out there, it... It may not be perfect in Singapore yet, so yeah, it's still yeah. something that we can definitely work on, lah. Mm. Yeah. So given the different um variables, mm. lah, you know, environment variables. Environment, yeah, exactly. For example, the temperature, the mm-hmm. I mean, like some some obstacle avoidance uses maybe infrared. I would say maybe. Do I wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. Yeah, we wouldn't know. Yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe a temperature would play a part in. Yeah, um, I mean, there are so yeah. many different algorithms out there. Exactly. Um, whether the robot has information of the map or not. Yeah. Or whether it's just doing, you know, optical widens on the spot. Yeah, correct. Not correct. based on the map, right? Yes. Yeah. So so many variables like humans walking around, crowded environment. Yeah. So it's too complicated. Yes, <laughs> it, is, it is. So it was then where I actually, even though I'm from a mechanical engineering background, and I think. I sort of learned some Python skills uh, for my previous internship. And so, why not? This sounds interesting. So, I went to do it. Okay, and, well, guess what? It was a pretty tough journey, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, sad to scratch, say, uh. 
Yeah, because at the time my year three sem two began, and mm. I was supposed to go on student exchange for. Oh yeah, so but it was cancel, right? Yes, COVID happened. COVID. So you were, so you went Korea, then you came back. Yeah, I only went there for two weeks, so two, I have yeah. enjoyed two weeks of holiday with a Korean buddy, <laughs> and then I came back. So it was quite a sad experience. Yeah. But you see, on the bright side, right? You no, know, I actually spent this time. You know, after I came back to Singapore. I my supervisor asked me to read research papers, yeah, yeah. start reading up code repositories, yeah. so to understand the idea lah. Because I'm Mac age, right? Yeah. Um. So I really have no idea of technology out there yet in mm-hmm. this field. So it was then I spent a good three months learning about all the machine learning, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, obstacle avoidance algorithms. It was definitely tough, you know. Like, but you know, as uh engineering person right when you enter a field you must not be afraid of doing the hard work mm. meaning you know reading codes can be very difficult but you must not give up exactly it, yeah. it takes this much suffering to be able to get you to you know a greater height to the, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and I guess you, you also must be open-minded to um, learn new things uh. yeah 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 and don't just be so fixated on learning what you already know yeah, yeah. Or sometimes. what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Like for example, you are you started learning coding, as in not learning coding, but learning um machine learning, right? In when you started uh your internship. Um I haven't actually learned. I didn't learn at all. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so oh, yeah. it was totally new to me actually. Mm. <laughs> I just heard of this word but I did not do anything about oh, it. Oh you know? okay, but but when you started internship you started learning that. Yeah, by yourself, so I had right? to read about it. Yes. Yeah, read few papers, read myself. Um, really not much people to ask because yes, <laughs> I don't really know anyone you know maybe you can uh, join a class uh. <laughs> but <laughs> you, uh, you were very busy already definitely definitely ah, ah, for that I will say you know uh, Coursera courses can actually be quite useful mm. so those can give you a pretty good overview of what certain topics are mm. so for example I uh, went to the machine learning specialization by yeah. Andrew Ern on Coursera yeah. and I think that was quite Help helpful you, in uh, helping me um, get into this field la, of so AI. So you need to pay Coursera? Oh, <laughs> so the thing is, if you can finish everything within one week, uh. and then you just uh, remove yourself from the course, they will be yeah. free. Oh. It's just free from it, one week. Unless um, Coursera wants to sponsor this. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Sure, Coursera, Coursera, you are hearing this? Please. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, like in NUS, we also have the edX modules, right? I, yeah. I'm not really sure if they have... Um, and introduction to machine learning. I think yeah, they, they do. Have, they do. They should. Yes. Have. Ah, oh my god, guys. Okay. Yeah. So now that I'm a year four, mm. all the year twos now they have a introduction to machine learning. Oh, you need during the in your course, ah, Yes. Oh. Why did they not do that earlier? I guess other than giving us lame uh, uh, modules. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I guess um, it is a uh, what do you call it, the trend, la, You know, like, uh, yeah. I yeah. I guess maybe. In year one now, maybe the business. accountancy business la, or something oh. like that. Maybe they have on cryptocurrency, right? Because those are the trend now. Then they will learn more about it. Mm. But maybe two years back when you were in year two, machine learning wasn't that huge of a thing yet, I guess. Or maybe it just started. Like, there was yeah. no professor to teach. Or, oh, yeah, that, I don't that could know. be true. I mean, I there are definitely know. people doing, but maybe they are just lazy to teach. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't quote us on that. <laughs> yeah. but yes, but coming back to um, software engineering or how you transition to software engineering, mm-hmm. okay. I was just wondering, 
let's say someone else, right, who wants to change their course mm-hmm. or not change course, but maybe go into a different field like you for, for software engineering, mm-hmm. uh, how would you advise them? So from my personal experience, I would say... Go for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, not just go for it. Sometimes people can have other aspects of uh, things to consider, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, like maybe they have already taken too much credit to give up this course to okay. transit yeah. to another degree. That for example, is like, you invest too much in mechanical engineering that yeah. you don't have time for software engineering yeah. or you were too late already. Yeah, yeah, to change course. So the best time to change course is really at the end of year one because yes, year yes. one you only do foundation modules, right? So most of the thing can still map. Like yes. even if it cannot be met, then there will be UEs lah. Exactly. So it's like the I think episode three mm. on how Terry, my friend, right, Terry changed from com uh, uh, information system to life sciences. Mm. Yeah. So he changed in year one, mm. end of year one, which um com- like information system was totally unrelated to mm. uh, life science uh, definitely. Okay, but yeah. I believe the more shortcut way of doing that, you know, you know, y- your degree can still be good in terms of like offering skills. Yeah, um, for yeah. example, engineering, it teaches you how to do analytical thinking. Mm. And nowadays, many companies like to hire engineers, whether, um, whatever role it is, like, actually, because yeah. engineers are quite versatile. We learn all kinds of things in mm. our, our mm. field. We have the technical skills, so yeah. to say. So we can do many different things. Like. So you can keep your degree, but let's say you want to transit into software field, right? In my case, what you need to do is, you know, try to do more internships, projects, or competition that mm. is actually related to that field. Mm. Uh, so that, you, you know... a glimpse of what the field is. Uh. Yes, even though you have this degree, but you have so much experience in this field for joining mm. competition, yes, for right. winning, for com- accomplishing a one-year project in this area. Yeah. And that is actually good enough of a... Um, um, excuse or reason for mm-hmm. companies to hire you... Um, in what you're interested in. Yeah. So that is that may not be related to your degree. La. So, and I believe that was how I got, eventually got into a software role. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, all right. Okay, so before we come to the end, right? What is something you want to say to the listeners? Okay, so if there is something that you find out you really like to do or you want to go into in uh, year three, yeah, you may yeah. think that it's a bit too late, but I would say do not fret. All you need to do is really find opportunities out there, competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you are suddenly interested in business, there are case competitions, hackathons. Yeah, so yeah. Always, of hackathons. Yes, always look out for opportunities so that um, that is related to what you want to do in the future, you know, and yeah. then have a taste of it so that you right, know right. whether that is really something you want to do. Don't afraid to put in the hard work yeah. to learn the new content as well. Time mm-hmm. is definitely needed la, to become an expert in yes, the field yes. you want to do. So really, I would say hard work and don't afraid to just go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just muster up your courage and do it. Yeah, I mean like, don't be, like what he said, like, don't limit yourself to what you study or uh, just try to be more open to new ideas and see how the new ideas can relate to what you study and give you a better perspective of what other fields are. Basically, just don't, don't, you don't have to follow the norm. Like, everyone goes for internship that is related to what their course is or they do things that um, related to what their course is. I mean, like, I'm in life science and I started this podcast. It totally doesn't make sense because life science is why do you need this podcast, right? You know? Sounds so, like you're going to become a radio broadcaster. No, la, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that um, just do what you think could help you improve in life. 
mm. you know because mm. like why did I start this podcast is partly because I can well through this podcast I can get to learn more things and also at the same time um let other people know more things as well like in this case mechanical engineering and at the, at the and one of the more important things would be me myself improving as a whole in the sense of my communication skills so i i mean like if you didn't notice that i started quite a, a few times quite a lot like so i'm trying to improve myself in voc- communication skills right so mm-hmm. having a podcast could help me clear my mind or help me reduce some stutter mm-hmm. yeah so i guess that is a good way to improve yourself like you don't have to follow the norm and do things that what people usually do anyway i guess uh, this is it guys please feel free to message me on instagram if you have any questions or any questions for young Chen, i i will definitely direct it to him because i don't think he, he really uses instagram that much <laughs> right <laughs> so uh i guess if not um <laughs> okay, that, that means uh, see you next week yeah okay bye bye